Why focus on something? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, basically he's saying that I'm not shy to give you the example of this thing which is very insignificant to you. Because the other creations that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about before in the previous ayat, what does he talk about? He talks about the ard, he talks about sama, right? He talks about these great creations. But in here, he's giving the example of al-ba'udah. He's giving the example of the mosquito. Saying that, yes, these are all great creations. These things are all amazing. They're all great. What about something as small and insignificant as this, as this mosquito? Because if you stop to think about this mosquito, what are you going to realize? Huh? You're going to not just that Allah made it. What if I? What is the purpose of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala pointing out things around us? What is the purpose of it? He points out the sky. He points out the earth. He points out the mountains. Right? He points out the camel. He points out the bee. In this ayah, he's pointing out the mosquito. What is the purpose of pointing out these specific examples? Allah. I'm sorry. Remembering Allah. Oh, remembering Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. In thinking about this, just imagine. You know, if this mosquito that we all deal with every single day. What do we do where it's so insignificant, we don't even think about it, we kill it. But have, have any of us actually spent time and actually looked at that mosquito after we killed it? How amazing a creation is this, that is something that is so small and so insignificant, and how annoying is it? How much does it bother us? And this small, insignificant creation will come, it will bother us, and not only that, it will bother us, and it has the ability to penetrate our skin and take our blood. Not just that, this same creature will not just take blood from us, but it will also go around to other people taking their blood. What is the biggest killer in the world today? Does anybody know? Huh? Even greater than humans. It's amazing, but there is something greater than humans. Mosquitoes. How do the mosquitoes kill? Through malaria. They carry disease. They are one of the biggest... So over 600,000 people die every year from mosquitoes. Over 600,000 people a year. This is greater than any human can kill. Humans do a good job, you know, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, but mosquitoes, they, they do even a better job than, than humans do. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He does not bring this example by accident. It's something that is very purposeful. Did the, the Arab know how many people die from mosquito bites? No, it's not something that wasn't significant. It wasn't significant to them. To them, the mosquito was as significant as it, us, as it is to a regular person nowadays. If somebody doesn't study mosquitoes, doesn't know about the statistics, doesn't know anything, all we think about is this annoying creature that comes and it bites me and it leaves a red mark and it makes me itch. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to focus on this creation, saying even this small creation, I challenge you. I challenge you to do what? As something as small and insignificant as this, I challenge you. Ya unas. Or you people to do what? To try to bring something like it. Huh? Yeah. So, right. There's there are other ayat that talk about even bring right not even a ba'ulah. Yani bring a ba'ulah like a half of one. Bring something that is not even complete. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is showing the complete completion in His creation and how even these small insignificant things how amazing they are. 
and how this is all part of Allah's cone, this is all part of Allah's creation, this is all part of Allah's plan. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by him saying he is not shy, he's actually saying what? What is the opposite of shyness? Pride. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taking pride in what in this ayah? In his creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taking pride in his creation. He's taking pride in something as small and insignificant as this and what? Fama fawqaha. So right, he's saying that I'm taking pride in this small, this creation that you see to be nothing and insignificant. I take pride in this creation and I take pride in everything that I have created that is larger than that creation. So this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he focuses on this here and he's telling us that he's willing to give these examples and he's sharing these examples with us so that we remember him and we remember how great he is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he goes on to say, So now he's saying, okay, there are two groups of people who deal and look at this creation. There are people who are going to look at the sky, there are people who are going to look at the earth, there are people who are going to look at this mosquito or this gnat. And there are two groups. The first group, they say, That when they look at this creation, they say what? They say, this, is, this, this has to be from Allah. This has to be from Allah. There's no other possible way. But if we go back to the beginning of the, the, beginning of the ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Allah. He doesn't say, Inna Rabbakum. He doesn't say, Inna Rahman. He doesn't say, Inna Khaliqukum. He doesn't say any of these things. He says, Inna Allah. Why is this the most appropriate use of the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Why didn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say, even though if we look in terms of appropriateness, the focus is on creation, right? The focus is on creation. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He doesn't say, Inna khaliqakum. He doesn't say that. He says, Inna Allah. Why? Because He talked to the believer and non-believer. Okay. He talking to the If He said, Inna uh-huh. then He talked to the most believers. Okay. If He said, so we said Allah is derived from the word what? What is the root word of Allah? Ilah. Ilah means a ma'bud, right? Something that is worshipped or a being that is worshipped. And we say Allah is the being, is the sole being that is truly deserving of ibadah. Is the true being that was solely deserving of worship. But here, does everybody recognize that? No, only who recognize that Allah deserves worship? The, only the believers. Only the believers. Only the mu'mineen, only the muslimin, they recognize this. So, if we took your point, if we took your point and we said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's addressing all people, all people don't recognize Him. All people don't recognize Allah. But if He said, Inna Rabbakum, everybody recognizes, because this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is He talking to? This, this surah is where was it revealed? Medina, is Medina. So this surah was revealed in Medina. Who was it being addressed to? No, it was being addressed to the Yahud. There was a waqt min al-Najran, right, the Nasara. And some of the Quraysh were still around. So it was addressing all of these people. So why is it significant here? Because in other ayat, remember, other ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, before all of these ayat, He uses Rabbukum, right? He uses this, and this is how He addresses Himself. This is, I think, the second or the third time from the beginning of the surah that we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We see Him actually mentioning His name. So it is, there's a significance here. There is a significance here. What is the significance? And why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talking about himself? And why is he addressing himself in this way? Right, so now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of the previous ayat, what were they for? They were leading up to? The, the, the leading up to the fact that he alone is worthy of worship. 
And now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said, I have established without a doubt that I am the one that is worthy of worship. And because He's established that fact, now He'll address Himself. He's not, there's no more, uh, there's no more debate. The debate is finished. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has established that He alone is worthy of worship. And He says here, Inna Allah. Because he alone is worthy of worship And he is the one who has established all these things He is the one that has created all these things So the people who believe Every time they see these examples How small they are, how big they are They say what? That this is the truth And this is truly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala There's no doubt in their heart And look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Talks about this pe- these people He says فَأَمَّا Right? So he uses all this, this fa in Arabic It's basically used for ta'qib It's basically used to show that immediately There's no delay There's no delay As soon as they see this creation As soon as they look up at the sky As soon as they look at the mountains As soon as they look at the earth behind them What do they say? And what do they believe? That Allah made this There is no moment of There's no doubt As soon as they look at this creation They know immediately that this is from Allah subhanahu and then look at the next one. He says, Wa He doesn't say fa'amma. He says, Wa ladina kafaru. As for those who disbelieve. As for those who disbelieve. Fayakuluna madha aradullahu bihada mathala. And what is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intends by this by this creation? When they look around and they look at the at the mountains or they look at the earth and they look at the mosquito, they'll look at these things, they'll say what? Listen, what's the point? Like, what is the purpose? What is the purpose of all of this? Why is this here? So, what is the difference now between the mu'min and the kafir? Uh, so, the mu'min he'll look at these things and he'll use them as ways to increase his iman. Right? They will only increase him in yaqeen. The more he researches, the more he looks into it, it's going to increase him in his iman, it's going to increase him in his yaqeen. And as for the kafir, what's going to happen with him? What, what is his issue? Huh? So it's, it's not going to increase him in iman, it's going to increase him in what? In disbelief. In, in disbelief, it's going to increase him in doubt. Right? So instead of looking at these things and taking them as signs of truth of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he takes them as signs of doubt. Because he, he keeps questioning all of these things. So this leads us to another question. Is it natural? Is it natural to sometimes look at things and question? And say, did Allah really create this? Or is there an Allah? Is, does this happen? Yeah. Yes, it does. Having, having doubts in faith is something that is? It's common and it's natural. It happens sometimes. Sometimes a person will have a lapse. Sometimes he'll feel that. Sometimes he'll look around and he'll have this doubt in his heart. No, no, the the believer, the disbeliever, he's always in doubt, (laughs) right? The disbeliever is always because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. What does He say? He says, "Fayyalamuna." He doesn't say "Fayalimu." Huh? Fayyalamu. He he said he uses the present tense verb. He uses the fi'l mubari. Why? Ah, because da'iman yujadid iman. Right? It's something that he always uses to replenish and renew. His iman. Every time he looks at something, it is a reminder for him. Every time he deals with something, it's a reminder for him. And and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, look as he says, he says, and he uses the, the verb فَمَّ الَّذِينَ amanu that these individuals that, that the iman is what? It is stamped 
it is stamped on their heart and it is something that is established. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He doesn't say, فَالَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ No, He doesn't say that. He says, فَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا That these people, they've been stamped with iman. And this is part of them, and it is part and parcel of them. But even these individuals, what do they need? They, they need to look around every once in a while. They need to remind themselves every once in a while. They need to see these things to remind them of the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the disbelievers, and, and, and look how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deals with them. Allah he, he doesn't say, فَيَعْلَمُونَ for them. He doesn't say, and they know that. Because for the believers, they say, they know. They know that it is the truth from their Lord. But for the disbelievers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He doesn't say, فَيَعْلَمُونَ He doesn't say, and they know. He says, they they say, فَيَقُولُونَ Why does Allah talk about this difference? Why does He mention that? Because for the believers, he says they know. For the disbelievers, they say. There's a difference, right? Because the iman is something in heart. The iman that means something in your mind and it's already based in your mind. Uh-huh. There is no doubt at all. Okay. The disbeliever, because it's doubting, they are doubting. If a person is always in doubt, can you call that ilm? Like subhanAllah I mean look at the tarkib Look at how the ayah is, is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this These believers All they need to do Is they look around And immediately what happens Ilm They know That this is from Allah But the ones who disbelieve Do they receive any ilm Do they receive any type of yaqeen For what they see around them No This is why They're always in doubt And this is why They're always Talking Fayaqulun what is it that Allah intends by bringing this example? And these individuals, do they believe in Allah? No. No. So why is it that they're questioning Allah? What's happening? They admire because they know uh. it's something. They know the creation. Even the, the, the scientists here, yes. in this, they are not believers, but we see something wonderful. Uh huh. Why, if there is God, why He created something? Okay. Like, but that is, that's if we said they're questioning God. They're questioning Rabb. They're questioning Khaliq. But over here, they're questioning Allah. What does that mean? They're questioning His right to be worshipped. They're questioning His right to be worshipped, absolutely. And what else implicitly are they questioning? Because where is Allah spoken about in this context? Remember the group of people that is, that is there. In this context, where is Allah being spoken about and where is Allah speaking? Okay, where? In Medina. In Medina, sah. And in where? If I wanted to hear about Allah, what do I need to listen to or what do, where do I need to go? I need to go back to the Quran. So they're implicitly questioning what? They're questioning the Quran. Because where are these examples coming from? Who's mentioning these examples? They're being mentioned in the Qur'an. So when they hear the Qur'an, and they hear some examples, they'll say what? Man, why, why did Allah bring this? Why did, basically they're saying, why did your Allah bring, bring this question? Why did He bring this example? It doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And subhanAllah, look at how Allah talks about these two dynamics and these two group, groups of people. The same kalima, the same word, the same sentence, the same example. 
One word. And what happens because of that one word? You have some people who believe and increase in their iman, and you have some people who see it and they increase in what? In their doubt, in their denial. Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says the same thing. فَيَقُولُونَ Immediately after they hear it, they question it. Immediately after they hear it, they question it. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, يُضِلُّ بِهِ كَثِيرًا he says that he misguides many through this. He makes many go astray. Why does he mention misguidance first and then guidance second? Okay, that's fine. In the ayah, who did he start talking about? He started talking about the mu'mini, then he started talking about the kuffar, the disbelievers. But when he talks about his hidayah, he talks about who? He talks about the disbelievers first, and then he talks about the believers. Why does he do that? And another interesting here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, yudil. He doesn't say, dalla. Right? He doesn't say the past tense. He talks about the present tense. But he mentions hidayah in the end. Why? I can see everybody thinking. <laughs> because here, when is Hidayah the most important for an individual? When? Before he? Before he dies. Right? Because if a person is guided and then he is misguided did that guidance benefit him no but if a person starts off misguided and then he is guided will this benefit him now yes allah allah <laughs> i'm telling you <laughs> allah 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 subhanahu wa ta'ala i didn't get this point yes this guy uh-huh. Yes. And guide Allah. Yes. This guy, why he mentioned this guy first? Why did he mention it first? Because the same people, there will always be people who are misguided, misguided. and there will always be people who are guided. guided. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says just because a person is misguided, it does not mean what? That he will not one day be guided. Fine? That this person, he might be misguided, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always give an opportunity for everyone to be guided. And this is why he mentions it in the end. Because is it more important that Allah guides or that he misguides? Guides. That the more important that he guides. Yeah. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it in the end. But which group of two people is better to discuss? The mu'mineen or the kuffar? Kuffar. No, no, which group is better? The mu'mineen. And when does he mention them? In the ayah, when does he mention the mu'mineen? No, and he mentions them in the beginning. Why? Because as a group of people, the mu'mineen are more important. And when it comes to hidayah, which one is more important? You have dalal and you have hidayah. Which one is more important? The hidayah is more important. And this is why he puts it at the end, because it gives everybody an opportunity that there is hope for, there is hope for everyone. Even these kuffar. 
Even these people who are upon dhalal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still gives everybody an opportunity for the end to have hidayah. Allah. And, and he just says here, he says, يُضِلُّ بِهِ كَثِيرًا He doesn't say, يُضِلُّ بِهِ كُلْ Right? <laughs> he doesn't say, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they mis- He misguides all, or He makes them all go astray, and He guides them all. Why does He use the a general term to show a majority? And He shows both of them as a majority. Right? He says, many are guided, and many are misguided. Does it tell us here that what percentage is going to be guided and what percentage is going to be misguided? No. He leaves it open. And he doesn't say Al-Kathir. He says Kathir. That there are many. There's no way for us to know who they are. There's no way for us to know how many there are. There's no way for us to know where they are. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves it open. Because He gives every single person, no matter where they are, no matter when they are, no matter how they are, an opportunity to come back to Islam, to come to Hidayah. And then he ends the ayah with one. He says, وَمَا يُضِلُّ بِهِ إِلَّا الْفَاسِقِينَ And the reality is that only which people are going to be misguided. He says, الْفَاسِقِينَ And he doesn't say, مَا يُضِلُّ بِهِ إِلَّا الْفَاسِقِينَ He says, إِلَّا الْفَاسِقِينَ Right? So these are a select group of people Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He has now defined them Before he was saying General, anybody But now he's saying This is a select group of people Who are going to be misguided And he describes these people As fasiqeen How do we commonly use The word fasiq? You guys know what a fasiq is? Fasiq is? Yeah, yeah What is a fasiq? The, 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 um, Not a disbeliever no. Fasiq did something bad. Bad, huh? Like a sinner. Sinner. Huh? So sinner is a very common translation for this. But over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is he talking about the, the context of Iman and Kufr? Or is he talking about the context of the Muslim? No, talking, he's talking about Iman and Kufr. Right? He's talking about Iman and Kufr. So over here, he's not talking about the Muslim. He's not talking about the sinners from amongst the Muslims. So over here, Fasiq, it has a, a different meaning. Over here, fasiq has a different meaning. It doesn't mean sinner. It means those... Because what is a fasiq? Somebody who basically is rebelling. Somebody who's fighting against it. In this case, what is he fighting against? What is he rebelling against? Huh? He's rebelling against Allah. He's re- over here, even more so, he's rebe- rebelling against الحق, He's rebelling against the truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him sign after sign after sign, after sign, right? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, That He gives him example, after example, after example. Sometimes those examples are as small as a, as a mosquito, and sometimes they are greater than that. How you deal with those examples is up to you. And if you reject those examples, you are a? You are a fasiq. The one who rejects these examples. And how many of us receive these reminders time and time and time and time again? Some of us might have gotten into an accident. Some of us actually might get a mosquito bite. Some of us, you know, I remember one time, this is, uh, I know this is a little bit of a sidetrack, gross story. But uh, my, my son, he went out to the woods to, to play. And he came back and he was like, Baba, I feel something, you know, behind my ear. Like there's something hanging. And I looked and it was a tick. <laughs> you know, it was like right here. It was behind his ear. It was a tick. 
But subhanAllah, it's amazing how something so small and insignificant, and it was disgusting. You know, you could see the legs and stuff like in the skin. And you know, my wife, she she pulled it out and like a stream of blood, you know, followed followed the tick. And it's amazing how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He has and He makes all of this creation. And how these small, insignificant things can cause so much harm to something so large, right? How big is a mosquito or a tick compared to a human? It's like it's like big as our, like the you know the tip of our finger, and it causes problems in in the entire body. But Subhanallah, you know, just just sitting down and thinking and remembering these things, you know, you, you all, all of these things are ways for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to remind us. And sometimes we see things happen to other people. That might be a test for them, but what is it for me? It's like ibrah, right? It's like an it's like a sign for me that I should learn from these situations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He might test the people around me, but He's showing me. He's showing me that look, this is what is happening to the people around you. Take this as a sign. Remember, turn back to me. You have an opportunity today. So I mean all of these things, subhanAllah, and it's 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 amazing how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this nilam, he's made this system so that it can be a test for some people and a ibrah and a lesson uh, for others. So the next ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says, Alladina yunkuluna ahdullahi min ba'di mithaqi wa yakta'una ma amarallahu bihi and you sala wa yusiduna fil ard ulaika humul khasiru. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says those who break their covenant with Allah after it's been confirmed. So, what is this covenant that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about? Okay. I think they, they, uh, he doesn't contact their relatives. Yes, so these are the people who break off their relationship with their relatives. But this here, this, this ahad, this covenant, what is Allah talking about? What covenant? So all of these things you know, So for example If I went to a non, non-Muslim And I went to a disbeliever And I said Hey You broke your covenant with Allah What is he going to say? What covenant? He said what are you talking about? What covenant? I didn't make any agreement with God Right? I didn't make any agreement with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He's confirming here He's saying no There is a There is a covenant that you made What covenant is he talking about? Ah. So before every before we were created, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took a covenant from every single one of us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took a covenant from every single one of us. And what was that covenant? That's I'm the creator and that not just that I'm the creator of it, but you will not make shirk with me. You will not make shirk with me. And part of that covenant that we're learning here in this ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also He also commanded us to what? He says here, those who break their covenant with Allah after it has been confirmed, who sever the bonds that Allah has commanded to be joined, who spread corruption on the earth, these are the khasirun, these are the losers. Hmm. So this covenant and it involved yani worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And what else did it involve that we learn here? The people, the relatives. Uh, the relatives and? And the society. And society. Good. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are three things. Your your relationship with Allah. Your relationship with your family. Your relationship with society and the community. And these are the three things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
he, we, every single one of us, every single human, took an ahad, took a covenant, took a promise with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And not only did we take this covenant, Allah took this covenant from us, and what did we all say? He's talking about the Risala and the human being. I mean, that's different, but the Ahad here, basically, all of us, we agreed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, okay, these are the things you have to respect, these are the things you will maintain when I send you on this earth. And all of us, we said yes. All of us agreed to all of these conditions. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is he talking about here? He said, those who break their covenant. Which individuals is he talking about? Huh? Which group of disbelievers, specifically? Huh? The ones, al-fasiqin, right? He talked about in the previous ayah. He said, this select group of people, these fasiqin, these rebellious people who see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's truth and they reject it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these, this type of kufr, because what does kufr mean? Do you guys know what kufr means? Cover? Cover is cover. Right, it means to cover something. It means to cover something. In this situation, what are they trying to cover? The truth. The truth. Right, they're trying to cover the truth. They're rejecting the truth by covering it with falsehood. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says about these people, they broke their covenant with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after they had agreed to it. After they had agreed to it. And what are some of the things that they did? وَيَقَدَّعُونَ مَا أَمَرُ that they cut off those relationships that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered them to to connect. To, to connect and to maintain and look at the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes them he says that these individuals they break Allah's covenant how many times? time and time and time and time again this is how Allah describes them after they had agreed to it after they had accepted it and they said okay this mithaq we accept it and we take it. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, meaning that they have these relationships, but what do they do with these relationships? They break them time and time and time again. And these relationships, what is unique about them and why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so concerned with these particular relationships? Because Ma Amar Allah bihi that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually ordered us to make these to maintain these relationships. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says about, He says, He doesn't say here, وَيَقْتَعُونَ أَلَّذِي يَعْمُرُ اللَّهُ بِهِ He doesn't say that. وَيَقْتَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ Meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives a command one time. He gives a command one time, and we have to okay. obey it. There's no question. Allah doesn't need to, right? Like our parents, what do they do? Like they, they're always, <laughs> they're always repeating, and they're always telling us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, We don't have that type of relationship with Allah. Allah tells us once, and we accept it, and we take it. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so intent and this is why he's so uh, diligent and he he repeats this time again that he just needs to give an order once and we have to follow and we have to complete that order and it's amazing how he said i give this order once but you break it time and time again and he also says he doesn't just say you these are ties that you break time and time again but there are ties that i have what ordered you to what to withhold, and he's again, Yuslan. I want you. How often do I want you to maintain these ties? Is it enough? I call my uncle one time, be like, alaikum, how are you? Jazakallah khair, may Allah bless you." And that's it. I never talk to him again. And I, I stand in front of Allah and say, "Yeah, Allah, I connected my ties with my uncle. Is that enough? Why? 
because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says any yusay that you have to keep these ties it's not just enough to have the tie at one time you have a good relationship you meet him yalla ma salama you don't see them again Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us to with these relationships we have to what we have to keep them we have to keep working at them and we have to keep trying and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he also describes these people what else do they do wa yufsiduna fil ard that these individuals spread corruption they spread corruption in the earth what type of corruption is being talked about here and if we look at this context because we said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he took the covenant for three based on this ayah what is that covenant that we worship him alone that we maintain family ties and we maintain societal ties right and we respect society Allah so over here how is corruption being spread on the earth is he is he talking about pollution no no <laughs> I'm sorry what does that have to do with the context of the ayah? Think about the context of the ayah. What is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What is the theme of this ayah? There's people who spread the, uh -huh. the, the, the or spread the, the Okay. What does that do for society? Now, for example, if I if I am a liar, right, and I just lie to everybody and I spread lies to everyone, how does that affect society? They will also become Right, you, you influence them to to lie. Right? You you make the lying acceptable. Now what happens between people? They lie to each other. And all of a sudden, what happens in society? Trust. What happens to trust? It goes down to zero. And when trust goes down to zero, what happens? People start killing each other. No, that's what happens. If you think about it, basically when the trust goes down to zero, people start killing each other. Because you can never trust what this person is going to say. And you're always suspicious of him. And how did all of that start? Lying. By lying. Something that we see to be sometimes so small, something to be that we see sometimes to be so insignificant. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, basically he's saying you spread corruption by destroying trust, trust in the community. This is how you spread corruption. He only talk about lies? No, no, not lies. I'm just talking about anything. Anything to... Yeah, yeah. Anything, an, anything that will lower the trust in the community. Anything that will lower the trust in the community. And... Uh, what you still doing? Huh? He's still talking about the fasting one, yeah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives them another... He gives them another characteristic here. He's saying, That those individuals, them... And he's very specific here. He says, he doesn't say, Ula'ika khasirun. He says, Ula'ika humul khasirun. That these individuals, for sure, there is no doubt about these individuals that they are khasirun, that they have been stamped now. They have been labeled now as khasirun. They have been stabled, uh, uh, I'm sorry, labeled as, as losers. Now, a khasir yani, is somebody who lost something. Somebody who's, you know, when we say a loser. What is it that this individual lost? He lost his iman. He lost three things. Huh? What did he lose? He lost the iman between him and God. Yeah. He lost the connection with Allah. Allah. Yeah. And he lost the... the his religion. Subhanallah. And look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described. Why is this individual a loser? Because not only did he lose in this world, he lost all... He ruined all of his relationships in this world. And he will also lose all of these relationships in the, in the next world. 
طيب, so if we take a mafhumul muqalifa, if we take the opposite understanding of this ayah, what do we say about the person who keeps his relationship with Allah, who keeps his relationship with his family, and keeps his and tries to keep societal trust? Huh. He, we would say about this person, he's not khasir, he is muflih. That this individual has succeeded. This individual has succeeded. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is giving us, a, he's doing, doing two examples in one. He's giving two examples in one. Right? He's saying, okay, if this is the situation of the loser, then think about the situation of the one who succeeds. Why doesn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talk about the one who succeeds? Because it can be implied. There's no there's no need to bring further emphasis to them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because how would Allah change this? How would Allah change this? It would be basically the same verse, but it would remove you know all the negation. It would be the same verse. And and remember, one of the purposes of the Quran is to remain to remain short and concise as possible. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't use and doesn't need extra words. And if something can be implied from the verses, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will use that implication without the need of having to repeat everything again. And this is the amazing nature uh, of the Quran. I think uh, we'll stop there, inshallah. I'm sorry? Uh, we stopped at 27, inshallah. Next time we'll do 28. I'm sorry? We finished 27, yeah. They, uh, any questions before we end? Every Sunday, inshallah. Every Sunday after Mabal. Good? Thank you. 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 Thank you.